This week's show is a journey into consciousness, working through the wonderful trance mediumship of Mick and Sylvie Avery, with wisdom brought through by spirit guide Gregory Hay. To find out more about their work, you can visit www.spirit-teaching.com. Right, welcome to another show of Journeys into Consciousness with uh, spirit guide Gregory Hay. Uh, this week we're going to delve into the Akashic Records um, it's, um, we had many questions on the Akashic Records and we thought it would be really good to have a bigger insight into that. And what better person to ask than to ask Gregory himself. So Gregory, would you like to do a show especially on the Akashic Records? Well, absolutely so, my dear friend. It would be my privilege. Thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. Okay, I mean, I guess the first question is, um, and you can answer this in as much detail as you want, being the first question, um, what are the Akashic Records? The Akashic Records, my dear friend, are the records of each and every individual spirit who ever existed and who continue to exist. And so you have... uh, When you have a physical life, that is, your spirit having a physical life, you have your Akashic book that came with you. But it isn't actually with you in as much as upon the earth plane, you don't carry around a large book with you. It's, in fact, located in the halls of learning, within the soul group your intention, which is to do with your spirit energy, your pure spirit energy. So... Where you came from is a matter of material, in a sense, is a matter of uh, the direction in which you are going, as well as the direction you have come from. What has made you thus far is not purely and simply the sum total of your expression in the physical life, but is, of course, of your pure spirit. The Akashic book itself, the Akashic records, are, are in actual fact a collection of real-time activities that have been and continue to be manifesting which are located within the book itself. So that means to say, for example, if you were to be that you were a physical being and you decided to go to perhaps you would like to visit your soul group or something like that, not that many people do knowingly, but oftentimes they will in a, in a sort of an offhand way, I suppose. They don't quite realize they're there until they get there. And then simply what happens is that you may view certain parts of your Akashic book, and what happens is the Akashic book itself is alive. It has its own energy because your spirit has its own energy, and it is a part of your spirit. So in, in many respects, it never disappears. It can never be diminished or uh, obstructed. It can never be something which is obliterated by something or some being else. It, it is always to do with the way in which your spirit has developed. Now, various pages of this Akashic book come alive. And in fact, not all pages come alive because some of it might be written. Some of it might be to do with other beings' lives who have interacted with you. Not necessarily, as I say, is this all to do or purely to do with the physical earth life. It's actually to do with 
you as a spirit being over the millions of years of your existence from the time at which you, your beautiful, pure spirit, moved away from that which is God, from that which is the creation of all life, the energy of the universe. And there are countless trillions of spirit who are at present manifesting in many different dimensions who each have a beautiful Akashic book all of their own. So you're saying that the Akashic record is multidimensional, so it exists everywhere. Um, some people seem to perceive it as um, in the visualization sense as a hall with many books in it. And whenever they visit this place, they seem to, there seems to be a man there who will guide them to a bookcase and then bring down a book and then they can see the contents of their life. Does this place actually physically exist like that? Or is that kind of a subjective visualisation that person would see? Well, that person, where they are actually going to, is the halls of learning. And they are above the hall of information, which is the first part of the halls of learning that you go to. And they will have already been directed to their own uh, energy cell, if you like, their own little part of their halls of learning, which is, as I say, within their own soul group. It's not something where everybody is. It's something where maybe that possibly you are one of, shall we say, 10,000 souls in your soul group, or maybe many millions. It may be that there is only one of your kind experiencing physical life at this present. So it means that there are many different faculties of what you may uh, feel or describe that to be. Usually it's not that it is held within uh, a, a large array of, uh, like a large library or bookcase. It's actually something which, when you go to look at your own Akashic book, you simply suddenly find yourself in an enclosed environment whereby your book is already there in front of you. It's not something that is brought out usually by someone else because your own energy identifies it. And as soon as you as a spirit being and as your consciousness move to your soul group, the halls of learning within your soul group, uh, that you actually seem it's not that you're actually shown there because no one has to show you anything because you already identify with it, because it's already part of you. So does the memories exist in each of us? Because I understand um, that our auric field or a part of our uh, body, like we have different layers of um, being, don't we? Mental, emotional, physical, spiritual. Does yes. that contain memories of everything that we've done in this life and beyond? No, not necessarily. It may do, parts of it may do, uh, it's not a carte blanche. It's not a, a given fact. It will depend upon the uh, resonance frequency of your present physical life, how you are interacting with it, how you are building up the beautiful love within you or decimating it will have a, a, a traumatic or definite effect upon how your uh, the issues within your life are actually played out. And whether you are, how I say this, uh, whether you are actually holding all of this information is not necessarily a truth 
simply because there are many different situations that as a human being you hold. And not many people actually truly or, or really recognize this facet of it purely and simply because it may be too complex to contain or because it is, in a sense, uh, not convenient to hold it. Um, sometimes just because of the bulk of information that you may have to do with your entire life uh, simply may not be able to exist within your present vibration. And it's quite simple to see why. Because so many people, when they're having a physical life experience, their spirit seldom get, gets through or, or find it very difficult to get through to the physical life. So then what you are dealing with are situations of uh, provocation, uh, situations that then become very difficult for the ensuing identity to fully relate. So what I'm talking about here, friend, is that you may well have some people who say, I give an Akashic reading, but in actual fact, all they're doing is reading the person's aura. That's completely different. That's not an Akashic reading. An Akashic reading is solely from the Akashic book, which is held within the halls of learning and is not accessible to anyone other than those who have been given specific consent from the client or from the person who wishes to view it. Okay. Um, how do you and the White Cloud Group um, gain access to, to this um, to the Akashic records? We seek the permission. We, we cannot uh, operate uh, in looking at an Akashic book, anyone's Akashic book, unless they actually give us permission. Now, this is something which, unfortunately, sometimes if we are asked to do a search for someone, shall we say, who is missing on the physical side of life, uh, perhaps missing presumed dead, perhaps missing for a great many years, Maybe the individual is actually themselves an innocent soul. We are still on a bound by the whole uh, situation where we are unable to locate that specific Akashic book unless we have the express, express permission of the child or if it's in that kind of situation, the parents of the child sometimes can give us leeway to being able to access it. So what do you see exactly? Can you, can you talk us through what you see yes, in absolutely. that process? Yes. Well, to begin with, dear friend, opening someone else's Akashic book takes a great deal of energy. It takes a lot of energy from the physical side of life to be able to do that, which is why it is that we... Uh, we you utilize uh, Little Bird, Sylvia's energy, because she's a physical medium. So that means to say we can bring about the energy from herself uh, and transpose it into the spirit world. Uh, without her, we would not be able to do this or bring this matter about. Uh, quite simply, also, what we bring about to is uh, different kinds of resonance frequencies that enable us to uh, be able to hold the book, uh, me meaning that it becomes remote from the, uh, it's not to say that it's taken from the halls of learning of the soul group of that person's intention, but first of all, understand that we have to, uh, it's part of the reason why we ask for the birth date and birth name given at birth, 
is primarily to source the right echelon of uh, soul groups where we gain indication of where that person's actual explicit Akashic book is living at this time. And so then what we do is we are able to, in a sense, control it. If the spirit has been a very vibrant spirit, if it has had a, 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 a really dutiful life in service, uh, created a great many pathways toward many other beings, it will be literally full of all of these journeys of that person's pathway. Oh, millions and millions of different journeys. So obviously part of what we uh, have to create is a pathway of respect and relativity to that person's physical life. It has to be relevant to them, otherwise it's pointless giving them a reading from it because mm. they don't understand it. Yes, I understand that. I mean, does the, does the book also contain um, potentials as well? Well, potentials are a possibility. However, dear friend, when you are a being in the spirit world, of course, the potentials are endless because uh, it's really a matter of your own mind, your own retention of consciousness and your ability to create further thought and further reasoning. So it means to say that virtually um, there is nothing that you cannot do except perhaps engage with certain situations within the physical world. If you're a physical being, you're a spirit having a physical existence, then it actually is much more difficult because you tend to be at the disadvantage of other people's minds and reasoning, their judgments, their decision making, the environment that you live in, purely and simply creates a different pathway for you. So it may be, dear friend, that you are at the behest of someone else's mind simply by crossing the road, hmm. like I was. I, I was walking down the road and a coach and four horses came up behind me and ran me over and decapitated my head. Yeah. So with, with that in mind, was, um, I mean, is there other timelines um, in the Akashic Records that contain every potential past that you could have lived in your lifetime as Gregory, for instance. Every potential past? Yes. Yeah, I uh, but the only ones that I lived were the ones that were relevant. Yeah. And so the potential past is in a sense a non-starter because I didn't live them. If I had lived them and wasn't knowing that I had lived them, then that would be a different thing. Now, there are situations and sequences of events that I find very difficult to uh, recreate here, dear friend, uh, simply because I sometimes have to uh, split my own self into many different parts and therefore take part in uh, different healing sessions, uh, communications with other people in different atmospheres and in different dimensions. This means to say that this kind of indivisibility, in a sense, uh, is in a way of uh, that just manifests itself when a being uh, such as myself is trying to give of my everything to everything, in a sense. And so there is no one specific pathway, but many different pathways as I my energy diverges, not lessens, but just simply fractionates in order to accommodate all that may be uh, holding some kind of inquiry to me. I am blessed by that 
uh, fortuitous understanding and simply because I wish to means I can. It's not for a matter of power, nor is it a matter of greed, but purely love. I am simply there at the disposal of others so that I may help conceive, renew, regenerate, create more love, more energy and understanding into the cosmic void so that all light may ensue there. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the only reason why I asked that was um, there was a book that I read um, a while back to do with... um, I'm trying to think what it's about now. I I think it was to do with past life regression, something of that nature where they took somebody into the life between life state and they talked about a life they did lead and the person committed suicide because of an unbearable situation and they were shown in the life between life state you know the the spirit world state that had they not committed suicide then this would have been your the life you could have led had you had the courage to continue so, so I was just wondering, just wondering whether there was kind of two timelines that exist somewhere as a potential. That's re- so, so then forgive me, my dear friend, but that would mean that person is damned, in a sense, because how sad that they were uh, shown this potential uh, sad life that they did not adhere to, were unable to ratify or create with, and therefore they it became that it had a negative end. I see no reason for an empathy with that and no reason as to why anyone would want to put someone through that as a visitation or, in fact, simply put, my dear friend, if you talk to anyone who has, from our side of life, uh, taken their own life, it is that within the sadness of it, it only exists within the physical mind. It is not something which is present in the spirit world and is soon forgotten and overcome. Okay. Um, with the Akashic Records, I'd like to know how it all ties in with the Halls of Learning and yes. what, what the process, what happens there, you know, if you could just talk through that. Yes, well, the Halls of Learning itself, my dear friend, is such a beautiful, beautiful place. It is... Um, and how the Akashic book really ties in with it. it. It's really simply because if you can try to imagine for a moment that the halls of learning is set within the vibration of your intent, that means to say it's your harbor of love. It's where all beings who exist there love you beyond all measure of physical understanding of what love can be. So it means that when you move into the halls of learning, when you visit there, you are greeted by many thousands of individuals or even just one who loves you beyond any reason of understanding of what physical love may be. And in that essence of love, it is the most purest uh, form of energy you can ever imagine. And that is exactly the same kind of energy that you gain when your consciousness becomes knowing of your beautiful spirit. Because that same energy of love exists really and truthfully between you as a physical being and your spirit. So it's just that for many people, they haven't identified with it, have not seen it, 
haven't visited that blessed state. In the halls of learning itself, within uh, this particular energy, means that the halls of learning itself is a bit like a, a place that's built from stone. However, each stone has been asked to make of its service, and that's what it does. Each stone, as with the, on your planet, is a living, has been living tissue, has been a living uh, creative essence at some point in some physical uh, situation or visitation, if you like. So that stone, once again, or the energy of it, the spirit of it, comes and re-establishes uh, itself in whatever shape or feeling it wants to be. Each stone is illuminated by its own energy. And the halls of learning is built entirely of these different stones, many millions of them. The halls of learning is a place without end, as is your soul group. There are no barriers. So by me saying that your spirit energy or your soul energy is this or that, it means that basically it comes from a certain quadrant within the universe of which your soul energy is totally empathic with. And this means, however, that there is no point where there is a barrier or a border where uh, other soul groups, in fact, overlap into yours. And so there may well be different differences of relationships between the, you as a being from your soul group to someone else from a different soul group. It's part of the reason why some, when they're having a physical life, their different beings from different soul groups uh, meet and mingle and match very well. And otherwise, other beings in the physical world simply don't. And it's just really because of a state of differencing in vibration. Now, in I'm sorry, yes, you're going to say something? Yes, I was going to say was that obviously you, you go to the place of like mind. So you would only, if there was beings of a much higher vibration, you wouldn't necessarily see them unless they came down to your level of thinking. Or, or Well, it's not really a matter of coming down to your level of thinking. It's really more a matter of the state of vibration. So, for example, dear friend, if you were walking within the halls of learning of your soul group, you may well see or view books that appear to be held by nothing at all, held by their own energy, and pages that are turning. Don't forget, friend, that many books, if they are particularly, shall we say, by an, a certain kind of animal, or on behalf of a certain kind of plant or tree or, or other form of sedentary life, then it will be that these books open themselves and the contents just simply come alive. All books are not just to do with figurative writing, uh, something which is physical on a page. Oftentimes the pages are animated, holographic images, or maybe real-time images of actual live beings who have given of themselves to be a part of that particular book or that particular work. It's not to say that human beings, God bless their souls, are always responsible for all books either. That's a complete uh, anatomy as well as there always being human beings that look after beasts or animals. That simply doesn't happen. Uh, so if, for example, you are looking to, that you want to talk to a lion, 
how are you going to communicate with it? Well, first of all, you have to illuminate the love from within you to ask lion if it may be possible for you to speak with them. It may well be that it takes days or months or even years for you to be able to be of the right vibration to actually speak with or uh, empathize with the being that is lion. And that's the same with any different species. So it's a matter of the changing vibrations. Now, if it is, dear friend, that you wish to uh, maybe uh, talk with someone who you cannot see, but who is obviously reading some kind of book because you can see the pages turning all of their own, then it may well be that their energy vibration is simply different. It's not necessarily something higher or lower. That is a human physical content of how you imagine your life to be vis-a-vis other animals or other beings in spirit, which are always either resulted in something higher or of a different decree. It's quite simple that all beings are of a different vibration. Therefore, there may even be a being who's standing right next to you at this moment in time whom you cannot see, simply because they're in a different register or a different... environment does not mean to say they are greater or lesser than you it means you are both pure spirit but who are in different vibrations at this point in time but then they could see me but i wouldn't be able to see them not necessarily not necessarily no absolutely not that's what i'm saying The, the unfortunately human beings have this fixation of that there's always has to be something higher what's higher what does that mean Does that mean to say more love? Does it mean more giving energy, more uh, situations that you create in service or healing or some such thing? Are you saying then that a person who was a grave digger could not give you the same quality of love as some uh, ascended master or angel? That's purely something that is handed from religious circumstance and is not factual. What is factual is the lessons that the simplest of folk bring about in their beautiful life when they care for plants, all of their lives talk to them, all of this, and end up as the most beautiful, translucent spirit you have ever met, and yet may be thick as two planks and cannot read or write a swat. Hmm. How does that differ to a being that's got a very, very broad perspective and and also is very compassionate, but just is, sees a much bigger picture, maybe than. Well, how does that term in vibration? Uh, yes. yes. Well, my dear friend, each being who obviously, shall we say, then that they have no end to their horizon. Let's say then that this is a being, as you say, who has sees beyond uh, what they what they feel that others see doesn't necessarily register in the same way that they see of themselves then. Sometimes people who are in that kind of situation may view themselves not necessarily willingly, but partially or egotistically. I'm not saying that that's always going to be the case, but sometimes people in physical life always have to be very careful of what registry they're thinking of. The dreaded ego simply comes up and swallows them up. But... I'm saying, dear friend, there are many contentious issues 
within being a physical being that we recognize simply because of human value, simply because of you are living a physical earth life. I know I was one. So in terms of reference, when you are in the spirit world, you will observe it, but you don't actually think like that, purely and simply because the way in which you think is one of blessing, is one of, well, actually, it doesn't matter if I want to attain that, I can just go and do it anyway. Because thoughts are living things means that you just simply think it and be it. And that's the point, really. So if a being in the physical life has multi-different facets of uh, whatever they are looking at, observing, perhaps they have no specific horizon, but just wish to embrace everything, then that being is of a free mind. That Does that mean to say they're going to be any more of a free mind if they are suddenly slaughtered on their way home by a bunch of lads who are out and they are uh, drunk? Does that mean to say that they are going to any the less run a risk of that? Or is it purely and simply that they are in the wrong place at the wrong time? Yes, of course. So no great amount of thinking, I am saying, in physical life is going to recompensate you for the analogies that other people will put upon you, regardless of how you think. That doesn't mean to say that you keep your thoughts to yourself. What it does mean is that you have to grow courage within you. What it means is that you have to recognize your status within the physical life, understand how you may beautify just even for the next minute, even for the next moment, the next split second. The, the sentences that you say to your child are going to maybe be remembered for the rest of its life or maybe just for three seconds because it has a bad memory. How are you going to justify your life if it's all in your mind other than those deeds you create? or other than the beauty that you create, other than the wellness that you create with others? How can this be if you are truly, really going to magnify your life so that no, there's no ego involved within it, but that you just really want to help everyone that you can? Then so be it. Be it. Okay. Can, can anybody access the Akashic Records through meditation if they wanted to? They may well be able to access their own Akashic Record, my dear friend. It is possible. It's quite possible for you to do that. So I was just thinking when people do regression or hypnosis and they're bringing f information through, I mean, where's that information coming from? Interesting point. Where is it coming from? Is it coming from a situation which is just in the mind? Is it coming through the telepathic nuances of the counsellor? Or from suggestive autosuggestion? Or other sources? My point, my dear friend, is that oftentimes the Akashic records or the halls of learning or wherever it is that they are taken to or shown to be are nothing more than perhaps uh, not necessarily their own life that they're looking at. 
for example, my dear friend, remember that I said that within the halls of learning of your own soul group, there are many hundreds of thousands, potentially millions of beings who also have a total empathic energy with you. Now that means to say that potentially because of the love that exists already between you and they, that you already understand a great deal about their lives. So part of what tends to happen within these kinds of situations are that the recall that you have are to do with other people's lives who are from your soul group. And they are to do with other spirits who have had their own physical existences and have given beautifully to you during your life and you have given beautifully to them during theirs. And that love condition, be it that you were a guide or a helper, maybe not. Maybe you were just an observer. But being just an observer doesn't absolve you from love. It means that you give even more. The many millions of beings, dear friend, who are at present giving you love from the spirit world. Uncountless energy, which is there available to you. It's just that you have to perceive it. You have to tap into it. And I'm saying categorically here, dear friend, that many of the situations that people fall into the trap of, that they're supposed to be their past life experiences, are actually to do with the lives of many other beings from that, that person's soul group. Or maybe even to do with the situations, the different situations that those people themselves, as a pure, beautiful spirit, have interacted with within other lives, not necessarily from their soul group, but just simply other lives who have, who have uh, other spirit who have decided to go and have a physical life somewhere and that you have been perhaps a helper or a guardian to them. And all of these situations, all of these are registries of memory. They're not yours. Yeah. They, they are simply a, a part of the registry of humanity. So I can understand that in, in most cases, but there do seem to be cases where people have got irrational phobias of, say, drowning or uh, you know being murdered or afraid of heights or something like that. And when they and when they take him through the uh, hypnosis, they can't find anything in the current lifetime. But then they seem to be led to a very vivid past life where a scenario plays out. And once yes. that comes to the forefront of the conscious mind, the phobia goes away. Yes, I understand that, my dear friend, but it's purely a placebo. What's actually happening there is that uh, the recognizance of the past life, as I say, is not theirs. It's because you don't understand the law of proximity. And the law of proximity dictates that if you are a being in one registry, that's in one world, in one dimension, you don't necessarily understand the full registry of another dimension because the law of proximity dictates that you can't because it's elsewhere within the universe. Now, no amount of mind configuration is going to work that out. Purely and simply because actually and truthfully, human beings seldom can really grapple with the ability to be in a different dimension at the same time, unless they're actually going through it at the time. And that's the only time when you can really truly say that you understand it. 
So the law of proximity, my dear friend, dictates that if you were in, shall we say then, that you were in a therapy session and you are trying, struggling here to find this past life that you had maybe drowned in or something like that, it may well be that it's someone else from your soul group because of the love energy that exists where uh, far beyond anything from the human physical value, that means that love in the spirit world is completely different than in human form. So that means to say you may take on that life. You may be so compassionate to that being that you actually go through the whole experience. Yeah. You don't have to have gone through it within your own physical life in order to experience it. So can I just interject as well? Um, is, is it true to say then, because there's, there's a concept that we have on earth when we discuss uh, spirituality, that there's a higher self, you know, and the way I understood the higher self is that the higher self isn't just me, but there's a, there is a higher being, if you like, or a higher state of consciousness that encapsulates many, many, many spirits, souls, whatever you want to call it, and that could be the soul group, it could be another name for the soul group. So therefore, when we think of the higher self, it's really many aspects, many spirits experiencing life. So my higher self would have experienced many different lives across different dimensions, if, if you're talking in terms of soul group. I mean, it may your be... spirit, your spirit, my dear friend, has experienced many different situations. You've been in existence for millions of years. Why shouldn't you have? Mm. So that means to say, but most of them uh, are not actually to do with the earth. Most of the situations that you have gone through uh, as a pure, beautiful spirit are also as aspects of God. Now, there is no higher state than that in as much as God is infinite. So are you saying or suggesting by that then that there must be something higher than that. No, 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 no. Well, so what I'm saying then, dear friend, is that in, in, in respect of your remark, that your spirit is pure, absolutely pure and beautiful. There is no blemish upon it, no uh, situation of uh, detriment or negativity ever, that ever was, because you are a part of God. And in that respect, you are just as pure as that central fulcrum of uh, beautiful energy that is the creation of all life, because you're part of it. So that means to say, when you experience different situations and you experience multiple layers of experience, you are actually communing with others from your soul group. That's yeah. what it's about. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense to me. That does make sense. So these are all like as it were, different lives who have all um, manifested in different ways, had completely different and diversifying journeys from yours. And in some respects, there may have been situations of life, which don't forget is simply a coat. And when you have finished with it, you take it off. And you're back with your beautiful, pure spirit. Unfortunately, what can happen at times is that some beings, when they transfer to our side of life from having a physical life, what they do is they allow their physical coat that they've worn, perhaps because of the negativity that they've created, 
that it simply stifles their pure, beautiful spirit. And therefore, there then are situations of memory, of course, as well, which you have to contain with. So these are all left within the, the coat, if you like, of consciousness that you would be wearing at this time. And what can happen at times is that coat of consciousness actually becomes detrimental to the beautiful, pure spirit. The pure, beautiful spirit cannot get out and simply has to wait for the coat of consciousness to wake up. And hopefully this is something brought about by others within the spirit world. And if not, we seek help from those of you in the physical life to help to uh, recollect or recalculate the pathway for that being to help them in some other way, perhaps consciously, subconsciously, to uh, allow certain pathways of forgiveness to enter into their lives so that they can step forward once again and then become less uh, and less murky and more and more beautiful. And then the pathway to their pure spirit is resolved and seen and so that they can just simply slip away from that path of past detriment that they had created. Okay. Um good answer <laughs> right um with the Akashic records um i guess most people's lives evolve around the earth plane but from my own Akashic reading and some other people that i know that haven't have had them done as well um they've had some very wonderful experiences on other planets and um different dimensions stuff like that as well yeah. so i mean, I'll just go a bit more into that really i mean what do you f what i mean what is the common theme really Yes, well, particularly, my dear friend, I would have to say, particularly to do with those who have been fortunate, in, fortunate enough when at the time of which their spirit moved away from the divine creation of all life, that they became opaque, which meant that they were both spirit and having a physical existence at the same time, and perhaps their life existence at that time was for more than 30,000 years and that they lived in a different planet or a different setting of surroundings. And some of these surroundings will ring, will be memories within the physical self of beautiful journeys, or uh, oftentimes these uh, journeys of being an opaque is one of complete compassion to others, complete service to others, it, it, beautiful uh, contemplation of meditation, of uh, understanding what the passage rights are exactly of the human vehicle or of the physical vehicle, not necessarily human. You may well have been a centipede, but a rather large one at that when you were an opaque. You may have been a, a, a large cricket or uh, some other such insect, maybe even a spider maybe even some other form of uh, completely unassociated life form as of any alike that you have upon your planet. They are many and varied. The OPAC existence, as I say, is one of intensive beauty and can move from being of uh, physical stuff and then move at once or in a matter of moments or in a matter of differences of time, because time is only relative to the place in which you live. 
So that means to say that as you move through those barriers of time, you may well see or feel as that physical body, if you're observing it from the outside of it, you observe the physical body simply melt before you and the being simply vanishes. And simply what happens is that spirit continues to thrive within the same environment, but just in a different modality, in a different sphere of life. Continuing that life journey experience maybe for hundreds of years and then re-energizes itself once again back into the physical state. Much as those of uh, Malchizedekia's stock uh, who uh, have from time to time re-energized themselves in that kind of situation. And uh, those beings of that planet in itself uh, were in a sense uh, of a, a different vibration and were able to do that. Okay, yeah, there's, there's people working here now with that, with that energy <clears throat> to do with sacred geometry. Yes, I understand that. Is, is, uh, that, is that something you have knowledge of? Well, to a certain extent, my dear friend, I myself, not necessarily personally, but don't forget that I am surrounded here by thousands of beings who have other knowledge. Yeah. So it is a matter of, which is why it is, that we can... Uh, be so diverse in our incumbent uh, thinking. Because I've been doing quite a lot of um, studying on the sacred geometry and it just amazes me um, how intricately linked that is into nature, us, the universe, everything to do with us in every single way. It's just incredible. And it kind of makes me feel that there's a real beauty in numbers. And, and I, I mean, mathematics is probably the wrong word, but um, yeah. it's just it's just so beautiful you know like to, to realise that this pattern that goes throughout everything you can see it in, in flowers with the number of petals on a flower um, you can see it through the human body you know to do with the fingers and the yeah. bones um, and I was just completely blown away by studying that and um, that, that was by somebody from the Melchizedek um, describing that so I just wondered yeah. if um, it, because obviously you talk about the OPAC, and I'm, I'm sort of I'm glad that you've brought up that as well, because it's something I've been looking at. So it makes me feel as if I'm looking in the right direction, at okay, least. Absolutely so. I do not discount anything, my dear friend. And in actual fact, the uh, the situation or the wisdom of those uh, from that particular group uh, is well known. Yes, throughout yes. the universe. Yes. Uh, the point is, however, that I take tend to take issue with are those who may, uh, so say, channel various materials of which they know nothing or of which or of the degree by which that they have difficulty or perhaps uh, are completely inexperienced in understanding what energies they are that they are dealing with and may not necessarily or accurately be portraying what energies that they are exactly. Mm. There is a situation here where many people have to be much more careful and much more carefully developed before there are any such pronouncements of uh, their journey. Yeah. Well, uh, the way I understand it is that when people channel, not only do they have to be discerning about channeling spirit, but there could also be, I guess, negative ETs with a, with a different agenda as yes, well. Sir. So you are completely right, my friend. Not all of those from 
from other dimensions or from ultra or extraterrestrial are necessarily kindly. Mm. They have other agendas, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that's definitely the most difficult thing at the moment on the Earth plane is that we have to be so discerning. And yes. I mean, sometimes you read stuff and it, it sounds like it's full of love, but it may be putting be disinformation that's just putting you off in a completely wrong direction. Yes, that is completely true. Mm. Yes, absolutely. And so it is very difficult to uh, ascertain exactly who is saying what, particularly uh, when you uh, may often, for example, identify with certain glib statements that appear to say all of the right words, but that the words don't actually add up in the sentence of making sense or complete origination. Yeah. But what's the other thing I was thinking as well? Um, God, the thought just gone out of my head now. Um, okay. Right, it's actually quite simple. Um, right, what, what I was trying to allude to was that there's a law of free will, and I know this is going to sound really geeky, um, but some people seem to think that there's some truth in what they said in Star Trek where um, uh, civilizations that are kind of just coming up through the ranks, if you like, should be kind of left alone and that free will um, should be uh, abided by. However, if you're a spiritually um, positive oriented being, you will abide by that law of free will. But negative beings, they can just completely discard that. Absolutely. That is completely true. A negative being in as much as you have at this moment within tribal warfare. Uh, certain kinds of tribes are at present trying to make other people within their own country turn back the pages of history so that they can have more power and therefore uh, ban uh, all such things as education, ban the uh, the actual activities of women in particular, and therefore uh, uh, enabling themselves to be those who are creating the power for themselves, you see? Mm. And that whole situation is untenable, of course. And yet you are asking, in a sense, for all people to have free will, and yet the people who are uh, subjugated to such violence of these people are do not actually have a say in it. And that's exactly what happens and why it is that you have situations where other people from other countries uh, turn to help those who are uh, simply innocent in that kind of situation. Yeah. And that's really what you have in uh, the country of Afghanistan. Yes, that's right, that's right. It's just, it's just unfortunate because obviously in the creation we're living in, there's this very honourable law that allows everyone to get along and have this free will and creativity and full expression. But there are yeah. those who just want to just tear it away and just abuse um, the good nature of people, really, the good innocence, really, of, of you people. just want to take it for yeah. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, my dear friend, this is not something due to a past life. It's not something which is uh, errant. Um, because of personality disorders or because of degrees within their genetics which have malfunctioned. It's actually because of their own selfish insight, because of negativity they have created themselves, which have led to different, different K 
chemical adulations, uh, balances and mixes, which then mean that they crave more negativity because they get a, a kick out of it, I suppose. They get a buzz out of it. They become inebriated by their chemical activity. That gives them more power so that they perhaps begin this little life of theirs whereby they pull uh, legs off of animals or like to uh, observe the pain that they put others through, other beings, whatever form of life it is. It has to begin somewhere. So it begins perhaps with their parental control or lack of it or whatever. You have to have a seed which is planted. It never comes from nothing. It's not a matter of spirit where uh, an individual is creating agony and uh, intensive negativity toward many others. It is a matter of the physical life. Yes. Right. Um, okay, I'm just trying to think just how much time we've got left now. Um, if I've just got one more question to ask, and this is just one current affair question that I've been dying to ask. <laughs> so it's kind of off the beaten track a little bit. Um, oh. Is that okay? Of course, yeah. Okay, what, what it is, it's a story that's really intrigued me this week. Um, that was Buzz Aldrin come out and said, um, he said, um, quite seriously actually, we should go boldly where man has not gone before. Fly before the comets, visit asteroids, visit the moon of Mars. There's a monolith there. A very unusual structure on this little potato-shaped object that goes around Mars once in seven hours. When people find out about that, they're going to say, who put that there? Yes, absolutely. And they'll also wonder about one of the moons that revolves around Titan, too. Yes. Because it appears to be uh, made and is actually hollow. Wow. Okay. Well, that's good. It's, it's, it's quite an exciting time. I mean, can you hear me? Okay. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just very quickly, I mean, obviously we haven't got a lot of time, so maybe we do another show on, on this subject, but it, there does seem to be a lot of um, uh, chatter coming about now from people in the know, um, with it, whether they be whistleblowers in the military, ex-NASA um, astronauts, including um, Edgar yeah. Mitchell. There does seem to be some kind of wave building towards hopefully disclosure. Um, you know, I think that it's about time that there was full mm. disclosure, really, my dear friend, of the actual facts of it. Um, the whole situation has not just been building, it's a, a situation that has been known by most peoples uh, throughout the planet. If mm. you ask uh, that probably uh, in the region of 60% of most of the population of the planet are well aware of uh, unidentified uh, behavior mm. and these are behaviors which come from both ultra and and extra terrestrial life yeah i think there's a real uh, opportunity there for spiritual growth if done in the right way where we can you know if we know that we are more than this human physical lump of flesh that most people seem to want us to believe and that there is much um there's more out there in the universe and there are other higher not higher but um, different 
I think we have a much. I think we'd even honour ourselves more. I think we might even might break down the barriers of separation on Earth between countries. And I've actually, that's just brought back a, a memory of what Ronald Reagan said as well. That if we knew that there was some kind of external threat from outer space, then we might actually look at each other as you know in a more unified way. So I, I do feel there's uh, there's an opportunity for growth there. But again, there is obviously the negative. Um, people there who really don't want us to know about that because it keeps us contained it keeps us still in this old paradigm yes but it's also my dear friend to do with the very words that ronald reagan also said which were uh, to do with uh, in your last part of the sentence uh, which was uh, that then humanity would actually come together in uh, facing a, a different foe that yeah. everything is always seen as being adversarial. I am not disagreeing with the fact that there are potentially very real threats uh, from certain individuals known throughout the universe who wander it, to plunder it, and that this is a potential hazard. Mm. So uh, this is uh, also a, a, a very well-known understanding and part of this means then that uh, various kinds of this particular race, uh, of which there are some 500 different species, that it means simply that you have to be really very careful about how you adjust to them or how you treat them in a sense. Mm. I guess if we was to lay all the cards on the table and everyone was aware, then at least we know what's out there. Well, at the moment, people there's there's obviously negative races interfering, and people don't realise that, do they? Yes, that is very true, friend. Yes, particularly subliminally. Mm. So yes, it gives it, a bit more it, of an even playing field, really. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. I mean, maybe we can do another show on that anyway. Um, at some point, it's quite a, a good subject to talk about. Well, whatever you would live in, yeah. Okay. Well, we've hit the um, the final minute on the show now, so um, that was um, that was very interesting about the Kashik records, and I I hope in some way that if anybody um, obviously wants to have a reading and find out a bit more about their their spirit and their journey, that they will have a better understanding of what the Kashik records are about. Yes, absolutely. So, so do I, dear friend. So okay. Yes. Yes. God bless then upon your journey, dear friend here. With love and light, blessings be upon your journey. Yes. Blessings to you. Well, thank you very much. Um, if anybody wants to find out more about the Akashic readings, um, don't forget there's an advert underneath the, um, the show and also an advert on the right-hand side as well. Okay, and with that, we'll see you again soon. Okay, thank you very much. Bye. <laughs>